Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I am joined with the one, the only, Miss Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. Just had a caffeine headache, so she's got her a latte (laughs) she will be sipping on. It's a Cold War. Have you ever heard of that? No. Oh, my gosh. It's the best thing that we have in the coffee shop. All right. Watermark Coffee Shop. You heard it here, Dallas folks. Come get you a Cold War. And I am JD, and we are not talking about our coffee <laughs> <laughs> drink of the of the day, but what are we talking about? Yeah, today we are talking about something that is really, really important to single people everywhere. We're talking about boundaries, but mm. not just an overall encompassing boundary. Specifically, let's talk about physical, spiritual, emotional boundaries. Yes. I can't help but think of the song uh, Latch, where it's like, if there are boundaries, I will try to knock them down. (laughs) No, I have no clue. Am I lame or what? You've never heard that song? No. Now I've got you in my space. I won't (laughs) let go of you. Yeah. That's the part everyone knows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And so the thing about boundaries is, is that's what we try to do. We try to knock them down. They said it first. We're like, don't put me in a box. Don't tell me what to do. I don't like rules. I'm going to do me. Listen, especially for all you sevens and eights out there on Mm. the Enneagram, you're Mm -hmm. like, "Uh uh-uh. Yep. And so we hear the word boundaries and we're like, I don't like that. (laughs) Uh, You don't get to tell me what to do. I get to set my own, you know, kind of my rules and my agenda. And we don't like to be told what to do. Let's just face it. And so, but the thing is, is boundaries are not uh, there. They're not instituted. We don't share about appropriate and healthy boundaries to keep you locked up. We actually do it to set you more free. That's really good. And and it's that's what boundaries are there for, to give you more freedom, to give you a life of more peace, less guilt, less shame. And you and a lot of people hear the word boundaries and attach a negative connotation to it. But the reality is, is I have not found a couple in dating who have followed these kind of wisdom principles uh, because dating is not in the Bible. We talk about that all the time, but follow just like from wise counsel and from their community, these boundaries and not experience more freedom, not experience more peace and more flourishing in their relationship. And I think when we talk about boundaries too, it's easy to jump to physical. Yeah. And where this kind of conversation sparked for me is uh, two weeks ago, uh, a couple of girls came down to me. We're like, Hey, you talk about physical boundaries a lot and the whole idea of like, all right, yeah, it's making out a sin. It's up in the air. Who knows? Like don't uh, awaken the, what is Love it? Love before yeah. it so desires. Yeah. All don't, over don't, Song of Solomon. If, if it <laughs> starts to awaken your sex drive, you better put it to sleep. Like all the different <laughs> things, no spooning, no cuddling, um, like physical boundaries. We talk about a lot, but then they were like, but I feel like when I've gone through breakups where I find myself the most hurt is actually emotionally. I feel emotional attachment that is harder for me to end, harder for me to uh, break. And it's like, is it because I crossed emotional boundaries with this individual before we were ready? And the same way, spiritual boundaries, is it okay for us to confess sin to one another, to talk about really hard things from our past? How soon is too soon to share our testimonies? Is it okay to do Bible studies together? Are we crossing spiritual boundaries 
it, you know, and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just like when we're doing spiritual Bible studies, we're a brother and sister, not boyfriend and girlfriend. That can get all really weird and stuff. So I think that's why this conversation is necessary because a lot of people, it's like, oh yeah, like we broke up and we're not um, doing physical things. I'm not holding that person's hand or kissing that person or cuddling with that person. And, you know, I'm sure I miss that but you're actually longing and you're missing the emotional intimacy. Yeah. The the connection y'all had. And maybe it's because you did cross boundaries. Yeah, it's so important. So I, I hear you saying like, here's why this is so incredibly important. What's crazy too, JD, is that um, even backing up to understand that God created us to be relational human beings. So anyone who's sitting in shame feeling like I must have done too too much emotionally, the fact that I'm sad, like that's not the extreme that we're jumping to. Like if you've been through a breakup or if you're experiencing some of that, um, like God created you to be in relationship. We see that in the beginning of Genesis. And so there's that. But I think sometimes we can redirect our affections for God and put them on people in a way that is unhealthy and and inappropriate. So how have you seen that play out when you've seen relationships or in your own life? Yeah, I think the the really cool thing about what God has done with in the context of relationships, and uh, we actually just got done last Tuesday, JP, the Jonathan Pecluda came in and answered the question in our fortune telling series, if you're tracking with us, who am I going to marry? And the reason why you have to answer who am I going to marry and is because that is what God instituted. God did not institute dating. He did not, he instituted marriage. And in that, when you find your, your spouse, there's this relationship that gets, you get to partake in with them where boundaries don't have to be a, a thing. Yep. You get to fully connect and become one with that person. The Bible talks about the two will become one. And in that becoming one, you are connecting on all things, emotional, spiritual, and physical. I don't want, first off, to people think that these three things are siloed. And it's like, oh, when we're cuddling, it's our physical boundary. Oh, when it's when we're reading our Bibles at the same coffee shop, it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual relationship. These things were always meant to impact one another. Like yeah. your spiritual life impacts in marriage your sex life. Your your spiritual life impacts your emotional relationship. And all these things are meant to be connected, not siloed. And so what I want to answer your question, like that's why you think you're just having sex or you think you're just hooking up. No, you are forming, according to God's design, an emotional and a spiritual because sex is spiritual. Yeah. Sex is God's gift to man. Yeah. And it was meant for a spiritual purpose. So you are you are combining all these things, but they were supposed to be combined within the design of marriage. Yeah. Not dating. Yeah. And so when you break up, it's like, oh my gosh. I, I miss them physically. I long to be intimate with them physically. I miss them emotionally. They filled up my cup. Like you're saying, that that idea of what you're supposed to be getting from God, you're getting from man. The beauty of marriage, why God gave us marriage is because that is God's reflection. Of the covenant relationship. Exactly, of him. The church, yeah. So it's like, but you're not supposed to enter into that with someone that's not your your spouse. It's so crazy, JD. I was literally on the phone with one of my friends last week and she, um, you know, she was talking about her relationship and I just said, I think you um, reached a level of comfort that 
your relationship wasn't there yet. What I mean by that is like, we can create this, we can feel this false sense of safety that doesn't reflect the level of commitment. And it's essentially just jumping ahead. We hear all the time in culture, um, when should you have sex? And parents will even tell their kids like, it's, oh, when you're in love, when should you move in? When you're in love. And it creates this false sense of security and comfort in the relationship that isn't reflective of the commitment. And the beauty about marriage is that there's a covenant and then comes the comfort and security to be like, now I'm going to give myself to you fully because you have made a vow to me. Yeah, that's good. And I, and I, I think, so, to, so let's get to like answering the question. Here's, he, I, I, I love to go practical. If I'm sitting down with someone, they're like, hey, we're in a dating relationship. What does it look like to create physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, spiritual boundaries? And, and in the dating process, cause like I said, dating is about, I think it's about a hundred years old. It's, it's not, it was not in the Bible times. We cannot go find. So like, this will be, um, a lot of wisdom principles. And I love, uh, you know, Proverbs three talks about like, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who seeks understanding. Mm-hmm. And I love that people come and listen to these podcasts. Cause that's their way of saying, I want to be wise. Totally. I don't want to be her. I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to keep going back to the same thing. I want to be wise. I'm seeking understanding. Yeah, way to go, and y'all. so I would say like, you know, this is us do, wanting to do the same. And we've, we've asked people, we've asked married couples. I've, I mean, I spend my life trying to seek understanding to best honor, um, in the dating process. And so I would like to say, uh, I have a hot take on this. Let's go. I'm excited for it. If you watch like any kind of dating reality TV, I will say I've watched The Bachelor before in college. So I kind of know what goes on there. It's the same thing every year. We got to quit fooling ourselves. It's the same thing every year. (laughs) Um, And then uh, there's there's different ones. Uh, What's the one? Love is Blind. Yeah. That was just on Netflix. There's these different things. And there's this common thing that no one really talks about, but it happens every single episode. These people meet. And then they go away one-on-one and get some time for like five minutes. And then one of them looks at them and is like, yeah, my dad and mom divorced when I was in eighth grade. And, and all of a sudden the music starts to play and they're like, yeah. they're like and um, ever since then, I didn't think that I would find love. <laughs> and I'm not downplaying their pain. Totally. But like, he's like, he puts his arm around her. And then it jumps to her in her interview and she's like, oh my gosh, the vulnerability we just had, yep. <laughs> the emotional connection we just had. I know that he, I think he's the one. And it's like, okay, hold up. That is sad. Yeah. That is sad because what that shows me is if it's that easy to feel emotionally connected to someone, we are living a world that is full of suppression. And I would say, like, the reason for that, J.D., is because intimacy is information sharing. Like, intimacy is created in information sharing. That's a good thing from God to bond together relationally. Mm -hmm. But what I hear you saying is that that wasn't the time for that necessarily for them to— Well, what I'm saying is, like, the fact that they're so attached to this person because they shared a detail about their history. Yes. Like, that—it's like— that should not cause you to be like me and you till the end. I just shared about my parents' divorce. I'm I'm so into you. Never let me go. I was so and then like they don't work out and they're like, I got so real with him. Why would he do that to me? Why would I I give myself over and over again? And it's and it, and it's this why is it so this is the hot take. Why think about why is it so earth shattering when something ends with someone that you told like a part of your story to or that you led into those moments? Here's why. I think it's because we 
um, forget the reality of, or the weight of the gospel. And here's what I mean by that. The gospel tells me that I am new, that those things don't define me, that I can boast in my weaknesses. Like I can talk about them freely. Mm-hmm. And the reason why a lot of people sit down with someone and they share something about a weakness or a vulnerability or an insecurity, and because it's so such a big weighty deal is because they're like, they're not used to boasting in their weaknesses. Mm. We live in such an image where we fake it to so many people that when we finally don't fake it, even if it's just a little bit with someone, we're like, this is love. That's so good. Does that make sense? That makes so, so much sense. Because we don't normalize the freedom that the gospel gives us to normalize talking about weaknesses, talking about hard things, not being image-based on social media, when we finally give someone a little bit of the mask off, we're like, you're the one. And I don't want to let you go because I gave you my true self. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so say you're sitting with that girl who just said that. Or, I mean, honestly, people who are listening today, y'all just need to know I was so that girl. Like, all the things that you can think of that that you've done wrong— Listen, I've I've done them, and mm-hmm. it's like okay. I've told so many embarrassing stories where people are like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you're that girl." So just take the take the shame hat off. Now, JD, now you sit with that girl, and mm-hmm. how would you counsel her differently? Yeah, I'll, also I'll I'll go to say for guys too. Okay, this great. and this is for guys too because guys never talk about their problems. They're always the "I'm fine" culture. They they're like, "I'm good, I'm strong." Masculinity today says that you can't be weak, you can't be emotional, you can't cry. Mm. So if a guy cries with a girl, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, he loves her. Yeah, he's like, "I am in." She makes me feel safe, and it's yep. because he's never addressed his daddy wounds, and his daddy, his dad never created an emotionally safe place for him to come. But we won't get to that right now. The thing is, is these people, I would sit down and I would say, you are putting all your weight Mm -hmm. in this person to something that is fully accessible already from your creator. Wow. You can go to God at any moment and you can cry. You can be real. You can be vulnerable. You can be weak. You can be sinful. You can be needy. You can be all of these things. And then if you don't have people in your life, if you don't have friends in your life that you can go to and do the same one, I would question your friends. I would change your friends and I would just start to say, put yourself in a situation where it is normal to be real. That's good. It is normal to be honest. It is normal to say, this is a really hard thing. Or I did this once this night. I I hooked up with someone of the same sex or I struggle with um, uh, pornography and I know I'm a girl and that's gross or masturbation or like put yourself in these, in these worlds where it's all these people identifying I messed up, you're messed up, I messed up and we need Jesus. And then also come to the Lord and be be okay with not being perfect, not being cleaned up. And what I'm saying is is the heart of this is to be to normalize being weak. That's really good. Because once you do that, when you meet this person, so let me just can I put it in my own practical? I'm dating Let's right go. now. I'm yeah, in a, yeah, yeah. I'm an, I have a girlfriend. Shout and out Jenna. On our on our dates, what I have what I've realized is my first two girlfriends, my first two serious relationships. The first one was for two years. The second one was for two years. Um, what I realized in that is I was constantly wondering when do I tell them about these really hard parts of my past? Yeah. Like, when do I tell them that? And I was going, when do I tell them that? When do I tell them that? And I was hyper. I was like, okay, I have to love them. Once I love them, once I say I love you, then I can start telling them. Big, or should I wait till I have a ring on it? That way they're yeah. committed to me and they aren't going anywhere. Like, what should I do? And it was because I wasn't fully known by my community. That's good. I wasn't fully known by people. And ultimately, I didn't believe there was a part of God that liked those, that loved me 
in those parts of me. There was something still in me that I had to address. Yeah. So I constantly felt fake with this person and I was constantly analyzing. I was putting so much weight on being emotional with them, being real with them. Now, fast forward to this relationship with, with Jenna. Um, my community knows everything about me. Yeah. I am doing podcasts with really hard things about my sexual past, like so many different things there. I'm speaking on stages and I'm like, I sat down and I was like, my, my pattern was like, oh, guard yourself until you're comfortable with this person and you, you know they're committed to you. And let's play emotional chicken. We're like, okay, if you tell me a hard thing, I'll tell you a hard thing. Yeah, if yeah. You got, I like, like the term emotional chicken. Yeah, Keep yeah. Going. It's like you're going back and forth playing chicken with each other. So true. And what I just sat down, I was like, look, I'm just going to be real. I'm sharing this now with people that I don't even know. So like, why could I not share this with you right now across this table? But here's the thing. The reason why all of a sudden she didn't become some emotional attachment in my life is because I'm finding everything I need in Jesus. Yeah. He already knows me fully. Yeah. So it's not groundbreaking because it's just the gospel. Like when I'm telling her those parts of me emotionally, I'm not forming this like major idol and attachment in her because it's normalized. I'm talking about my weaknesses all the time, those really hard things. And I can look at her and go, if this makes you think differently of me, if this is something you're going, I didn't sign up for someone this messy or man, I wanted to date someone who was spiritually pure their whole life or whatever. And you don't see me washed white as snow because of the blood of Jesus. Like, I'm sorry. Like this isn't going to work because this is me. Yeah. And I didn't put all these chips in. What if I tell her and she leaves or what if I tell her and she chooses me now this makes this huge, like, Oh my gosh, we're in love. Like this is amazing because I've normalized being emotional. That's so good. I'm sharing. Yeah. So I think the people are probably wondering, like, when is the right time to share things? And is that okay? Yeah. Um, all that stuff. And what I hear you saying, first of all, is make sure you have a healthy intimacy with God to where you're coming and pouring out your heart to God, like Psalm 62 says, instead of looking for all these pseudo saviors in guys and girls, which that happens a lot. Guys are like, I'm imperfect and I... I'm aware of my weaknesses. Therefore, I'm going to try to find a girl to kind of heal me, make me better, make me feel okay. Mm-hmm. Girls do the same thing with guys. So I hear you saying, don't look to these pseudo saviors. And then I also hear you saying um, to have healthy biblical community and make a habit of sharing your stuff so it doesn't create this unhealthy attachment when you start sharing with um, a significant other for the first time. Yeah. The first time you be emotionally vulnerable should not be with the person you're dating. Say it again for the people in the back. Yeah. You should not wait till you're dating someone to be emotionally vulnerable for the first time. That's like good. normalize it. It should be a part of your life. Be weak. Boast in your weakness. Confess your sin. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. That should not be new. Therefore, it will not carry as much weight. So to get practical about boundaries... I would say, yeah, if if you're not confessing this to your community, I wouldn't confess it to, to them. That's really like, good. Because you're, you're not dating. Yeah. Or you're not married, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if I'm not talking about this with my guys, and then the beauty of that is here's what I do. Let's say I'm struggling with something. I'm talking about it with my guy community, and I'm like, my last question is always, should I go tell her? That's good. And, and you allow them giving, to speak in. They're speaking into my relationship. It is not an isolated relationship. Yeah. And it is a we thing. It is a context of we. We date in the context of others. Like we let others speak in constantly. And so now I'm being emotional with, with my community. I'm confessing my sin. And then I go, what do you think is appropriately to share with this person? That's good. My, in, I'm a relationship with. And some of you are like, okay, well, testimonies. 
sharing testimonies is a big deal. Big deal. And I'm going to pack into that because I started to ask it earlier and got sidetracked. But mm-hmm. like, when do you share what? Right, right. I would say, um, so the first thing is, have I, am I trying to share anything that I haven't shared with community? That's good. Guy, girl, or guy, guy, girl, girl, mentors in your life, spiritual figures like rocks and pillars in your life. And then two, um, have they given me the okay to then enter into that conversation with this person? That's good. Um, like, don't make the decision alone. So I would say, I don't know. I'm not going to be like, on the third date, share your testimonies. I do not know. I'm, I'm constantly asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. I'm looking for things in God's word. I'm seeking wisdom. I'm seeking counsel. And then I'm responding to what I think is best. And so I would say, do the same for you. Same with spiritual, spiritual boundaries. Should we confess sin? Should we be accountability partners? Should we pray together? Should I pray for her every night? Should we do a Bible study together? I would say everything is so nuanced and I am not about to get you the three things that you can do and cannot do in a spiritual relationship with your significant other. I would say it's the same thing. Um, Look to God's word. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give you wisdom and guidance. Let others speak into it and don't do anything with them that you're not already doing in the context of community. It's really good. And so I'm going to keep like pushing that because I think that if so many people would start with the their friendships and their, their community and then let that influence their relationship, there would be so much more flourishing. Same with physical. And so really, really practical. You should sit down with your community or with your significant other and then take it to your communities and go physical colon blank, emotional colon blank, spiritual colon blank, and just list out what are we committing to? What are we committing to as like our boundaries? Are we going to kiss before marriage? Are we going to cuddle? Are we going to, like, I would hope that you are, if you're walking with the Lord, like, you know that you're not having sex. You're not doing giving each other sexual favors, uh, favors, um, s- staying the night Telling with each other. lines, even going. Yeah. I, I'm going to get graphic for a second. Even going inside the pants yeah. of the shirt, like just yeah, just, like filling yeah. up on each other, all yeah. that stuff. Um, but I don't want to assume anything. So it's like write it down, be honest, bring that before people, and go. What do y'all think? Speak into this, because here's what's happening: if you are crossing emotional boundaries and in, in, in doing something with this person um, who is not your spouse or spiritual boundaries or physical boundaries, and you're starting to give yourself to this person the way that God designed for you to give to your spouse, Mm -hmm. not a significant other, Mm -hmm. you are now playing marriage. That's good. You're playing house and you're putting someone in the position that they are not in until you are in a covenant relationship with them. And so that's where I would just say, proceed with caution, be discerning, be slow, yeah. Do not let emotions, do not let the moment, do not let feelings guide you. Let, that is so good. Let God's word, let time with him. And here's what also I would say, just like being honest about my own walk. Like if I have not been in God's word and if I have not been in prayer, I probably got to be really cautious to be alone with my girl. Good. Because I'm in the flesh. Like I just, I have to, because when I'm walking in the flesh, I want to gratify the desires of the flesh, just like the Bible says. But when I'm walking the spirit, I want to gratify the desires of the spirit. I want to give the spirit what he longs for, obedience and love and sacrifice. And so if I haven't been in God's word and she's not my wife, like I probably should stay like, or just like be like, let's be in public. Let's, I got to monitor myself because I'm, lo- I'm walking in the flesh right now. Yeah. That's a really great example for people listening. Um, 
take what JD said, like truly, I think um, I've, I've watched couples who struggle with porn and they're like, listen, I cannot hang out with him or her until I have been in God's word because then I'm going to get tempted here and then take act out here. And, and that is such a great example. Yeah. And it's just like knowing yourself, like being honest with yourself and letting others speak into it who know you. Okay, I want to wrap us up soon, and I know you have so many good thoughts that we could go on forever, Um, but I want to just say one thing that I think that you'll have some things to speak on too, Um, because we've talked a lot about like dating and information sharing and the kind of that emotional, spiritual intimacy, but what about for people who are not dating and this kind of like emotional, what would you say for them for boundaries? Obviously you can go to the bar and be hooking up and physical boundaries are like, that's a little bit more clear. Um, but what would you say to people who aren't dating and, and are wondering what are my emotional and spiritual boundaries with the opposite sex? Yep. You, you, I would say if you were single, um, and if you're even having to institute boundaries with someone of the opposite sex because you feel like you're crossing them, you probably should redefine that friendship mm. and like take some steps back. Because when you are single, I believe that emotional and spiritual, um, those things are meant to be fi- found with you and the Lord and with you and your your community of the same sex. Like, you don't want to go to someone of the opposite sex to fulfill an emotional need. You don't want to go to them to fulfill a spiritual need. Now, can a girl walk up to me and say, what does this mean in the Bible? Yes. Yeah. I am not out here trying to be a Pharisee. I'm not out here trying to say, you don't get to go, don't, don't even totally. let them see your heels. Until, oh. you know, like, <laughs> your like, ankles. Yeah, Cover those like, ankles, girl. Like, I'm not, I'm not being that guy. What I'm saying is, again, you know yourself. You know what your heart's feeling. The heart is deceitful and it's wicked above all else. It is going to tell you, no, it's not that. It's not that. And you know good and well you're in a friendship where you are getting the um, the needs of a relationship met by someone without the commitment and the exclusivity and the pursuit of a person. Like, you know all those things. So be aware of yourself and be honest with yourself and then just set the boundaries and go, I don't even need that from them because, again, I'm finding it from my people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm finding it from the Lord and abiding with him. And listen, I'm so sorry because a lot of this goes back to parenting. Like you, you started to mention before, like understanding emotional, spiritual boundaries goes back to parenting. Um, separate from that, I was the girl in college who had all these friendationships. I would uh, stay in the same bed as like some of my guy friends and just be like, it was just chill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was that girl. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that I was like, lowering, lowering myself and devaluing myself. And, and the Proverbs talk a lot about, um, wisdom, like you mentioned earlier, and there is something to, I read this morning, drink from your own well, like take what God has given you. It is satisfying. It is good. Psalm 16, six says the boundaries for me have fallen in pleasant places. And I didn't even realize the chaos it was causing, just crossing those emotional boundaries with people. Last thing for for women and for men, because we have a tendency to get ahead of ourselves. We want marriage. We want security. We want safety. And so if you're going on a first date or if you meet a guy that you're like, wow, that guy was really hot and he's godly and he's the first godly guy I've met in, I don't know, however long, uh, or first godly girl that's whatever, um, do not go to step 20 in your head and in your heart. You mentioned this earlier when we were talking, JD, like taking thoughts captive then and there. Mm-hmm. There is a such thing called emotional lust, and it can lead you down a path that you don't want to go. That's good. 
And so I would say just to recap and wrap up, emotional, physical, and spiritual boundaries, the reason why we have to institute boundaries is because we've instituted dating and we've perverted God's design for man and woman. And therefore, we've had to kind of like flex with what we've perverted and create boundaries to give you a flourishing marriage one day. But know that God's ultimate desire is that in your marriage, there are no boundaries, that you get to be one and that you get to share emotions, share physical experience, the gift that is sex, and get to share in your spiritual intimacy together and study God's word together and and confess sin together because that's your one, you are one. And so um, that's such a gift from the Lord. I don't want these boundaries to to come off like, oh man, I got to withhold so much and just, how do I even get close to the person if I have to worry about all these boundaries? (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. Like, be wise, be smart, bring others in. And then I can't wait. Like if, if the Lord is to give um, us the gift of marriage, like on the Lord, you're experiencing this and whoever you are listening to get to go boundaries, you know, it's amazing. they're gone. And I get to be all God created me to be with this person in his design. So that's all I have. That's good, JD. Yep. And so as always, if you have questions, comments, anything you need, feel free to email us at info at the porch.live. And until next week, we will see you guys on another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.